Welcome to the High at Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, January 31st, and today is National Backwards Day. That's right. That's why we have Joe Biden as the president, because our country keeps on going backwards. So happy National Day for that. National Hot Chocolate Day. And no, we're not talking about Rico. We're talking about the delicious beverage that people love to sip on. (laughs) National plan for vacation day that's right because cannabis is coming up cannabis industry and we want to see you all there and today is also gretchen you're gonna love this one inspire with your heart art day that's right for all the crafty crafters out there today is your day thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that little QR code up at the top of your left-hand corner of your screen to find us where we all reside in the social media world. We're live every Monday through Friday on Clubhouse and on YouTube. Make sure you're hitting subscribe on YouTube. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, we have... Coming up first today, the dope dad himself. That's right, Rico Lameet. When he's not stirring the hot chocolate, you could find him doing dad duty type of stuff. That's right, changing diapers and messing with all the chocolate that comes out in the doo-doo bags. That's right, it is the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Hello, one, Jason. I think I just nodded myself a little bit. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So, uh, my, uh, what's happening to everybody? My story today, uh, my headline today is coming from Bloomberg by Kevin Samachi. Celebrity star power has so far had limited impact on cannabis. Surprise, surprise. When it comes to celebrities and cannabis, I think we all can agree that it's been a mixed bag for every noteworthy icon who's done their part to move the cultural needle forward, like Cheech and Chong, Snoop, or Willie Nelson. You've got an equally cringeworthy individual the other side of the of the conversation hopping on the bandwagon trying to make a quick buck like a justin bieber low pump or kim kardashian we've definitely come a long way to to the point where thc and cbd is no longer just associated with lazy degenerate stoner culture who would uh just dreamt just 10 years ago mike tyson or martha stewart would be both hawking cannabis products at opposite ends of the spectrum but per the article as far as brand performance goes, the industry's been watching, and not much has really stood out. High-profile product launches and collaborations have become a dime a dozen, and with headset calling for an expected $46 billion of pot cash, 
at the end, by the end of 2025, it's pretty easy to see why celebs and their business managers want in. But what really defines quote unquote success when it comes to celebrity driven brand? Seth Rogen's houseplant and Gwyneth Paltrow and Rosario Dawson back can have done a great job breaking down social and advertising barriers with tongue in cheek campaigns but still face a crowded market struggling with tumbling prices, knockoff products from the illicit lane, undercutting their reach and the inability to scale in a complex patchwork state to state laws. And of course there's the safe banking issue, stopping them from being able to access, uh, to have access to credit and banking services necessary for running their weed businesses like anything else in their portfolios. So while celebrity backed brands have generated a lot of press, most have not become the top sellers that they thought that they would be and probably won't be anytime soon. The article touches on mature legal states where celeb brands have, let, um, have had longer tenure but still have to compete against bigger established brands in California, Colorado, and Oregon. TRP's head honcho, Daniel Fertel, actually reached out to him. He gave me back uh, before the show. But his group claims 18 dispensaries across eight states and um, says that, notice, consumers don't necessarily care as much about celebrity attachments and the vast majority of his company's top selling brands aren't celebrity linked ones and um, state house holdings is in 14 california dispensaries they echoed for tells us uh, sentiments in the story too but there are a few exceptions to the rule like i said before martha stewart's cbd line with canopy growth according to bloomberg sales rose very swiftly outselling all competitors in the lane and bringing in new customers mike tyson's tyson 2.0 has also done relatively well, according uh, recording 20.7 million in retail sales since launching November 2021. Uh, the over the overall vibe of the stories that celebrity endorsements um, have been hamstrung by the lack of access to proper marketing channels to get word out um, that household names are actually hawking these products. But personally, working with celebrities and influencers in both the CBD and THC lanes over the liberal years, I'd take it a step further and say um, conversation is pretty similar to why we're seeing big box MSOs retreat from mature markets. When there's no real connection to the community that built this shit, you're going to fail. Cannabis isn't just another mainstream product that can be categorized the same way as anything else in America. It's a life-saving medicine that you can also enjoy with your friend on the weekends. It's been the sole producer of revenue, um, Ill illegally keeping food on the table for operator families for generations. People will have and will continue to die for cannabis for both the right to have access to it and the right to profit from it. So if you want to be successful as a celebrity or an influencer in cannabis, there's a whole lot more at stake than just putting your likeness on the eighth and expecting to make cash on the other end. If you ain't willing to put in the work, immerse yourself in the culture, show up to stores and uh, for PADs, learn about the compounds, processes, different jobs across the supply chain, hurdles to success, both on the legal and illegal side of the game. The only thing guaranteed here is failure. But it hasn't stopped me and my team from doing some pretty dumb shit and meeting uh, um, some pretty awesome people along the way. It shouldn't uh, stop you either. The celebrity weed train's far from over, and uh, who knows where it's going to take us next. For a great source of tracking a lot of the celebrity news uh, in cannabis from a balance point, uh, from I think is a balance point of view, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, guys, uh, check out my man Steve Blooms, uh, celebstoner.com. I had to give him a shout out for this one too. Um, it's kind of more like a refined weed version of TMZ, but I'm interested to hear what everybody else thinks. Are there actually any celebrity brands out there of note that you guys believe have a chance of long-term success?
and why? Oh, ooh, me first, me first, me first. Okay. Let me close yours. Rico, oh, go, go, go for it. Go for it, Nicole. So, yeah, so has, has everybody heard about the Badu OG? No. Oh, fire. Okay. I, I heard so, about it. But, uh, uh, that so Erica Badu is partnering with Burner to come out with um, the Badu OG. Um, it, I, I keep seeing updates. It's been, it's been on the, um, on the T on the, on the circuit since October. Um, I've seen articles in December, November, they're coming out with a mushroom tea. Now, you know, Erica Badu selling Badu pussy, um, 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 uh, incense on her website yeah. for $50. Yeah. Okay. So what did it smell like? I hope they smell like Badu's pussy. What was and, the, what then, was the, uh, and then, and then, but she's selling ten incense. Yeah. Is it like after a workout or is it after it's shower? I don't know. Uh, that's the different. Uh, that's the different uh, kind. Uh, my, my point is, my point is, she's selling these incense, Badu's pussy, for fifty dollars. Ten incense for fifty dollars on her website and cannot keep them on uh, on the shelf. Cannot. And so I'm really excited about Badu OG. Apparently she's got apparently she's got mad cow genetics growing it. Now my concern Mad Cow is, does does good weed. Mad Cow yeah, does my good concern weed. There's a terrible is, name. There's a terrible name if you're trying uh, to use and put on the brand, put on your label if you're trying to mass produce the shit. <laughs> I mean, it's only bad if you're trying to sell hamburgers, but so, you're trying to sell like cherry burger OG, you know, whatever fucking strain is probably it's probably gonna be fine. My concern is is her partnering with cookies. That's cool because cookies is is you know household brand now. Um it's a no. household name. But my concern is, I know for a fact, cookies here in Nevada is not the same as cookies in Oakland or cookies. Oh no, Nevada. it is not. And so not, my concern, not. I'm not going to try a, um, a, a Badu OG in Nevada because I know who grows that here. Well, but I will try it in California, um, especially if that's where I'm going to get the Mad Cow um, genetics. Well, at. well, let me let, let's just bust this myth right here. So it's actually the same genetics, probably in every state. But it's oh the yeah, growers, you're right. right. It's the, growers, it's the, it's right. the same genetics. That's the whole deal with cookies. Is like if they incubate. The I'm genetics, not sure if it's always the same genetics, bro. It, I'm it not is, willing to put money on that. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll tell you if they if they have a contract with cookies. Okay, right. if they're a licensed off like an authorized dealer, it has right. to. And so I've done. You know, I worked uh, with groups that were that were like license uh, licensees of cookies in other states, and they definitely get the access to the actual strains. But it comes, it's it's coming from a grower, right? And so that's where you get the difference. If that grower has, you know, if they're lazier, if they have worse practices, if they're just not as skilled, if they're not as attentive, I mean, you're not going to get the same quality. Same flower, and and we all know, we all know that if you're going to want quality, you come to California. You come to see Jason Beck, and he'll point you in the right. That's direction. right. Are there, are there, okay. are, anybody else know of any celebrity brands of note? Gary Payton. Gary Payton is the brand that's doing the best out of all celebrity brands, hands down. When it comes down to yep. sales. Okay. I have to. I have to disagree that celebrity brands are the kiss of death here. I think celebrity brands just have not made it yet. I think when you get interstate commerce, when you have legalization, I think celebrity brands are going to totally blow up. I think these guys are just too early right now. Yes, Rico, you may be absolutely 100% correct that culture is not going to embrace them, but the general public will. Um, nah, it's so not even about culture. Gonna, uh, it's about, that's who's, what's Rico, about what's in the bag. No, it's I'm about what's in the bag. Sam, Rico brought up culture. So I'm just I'm saying. Just, I, 
I'm just saying this. It's about what's in the bag. And I'm saying no what's going to matter is name right recognition when you're selling to people who are new entrants into the market who know nothing. Gretchen, this if, will you, matter. If, you deliver, if you deliver something quality, it doesn't matter whose name's on it. People will fuck with it. Okay? Bullshit. That's weed. Bullshit. Stoners are label whores. Once does they not matter at all. Like, yeah, it does, 100% it does. No, to a brand new entrant <laughs> into the market who has no idea what is a quality brand or what isn't because there has not been marketing, there has not been education to the uh, general those, public. I'm talking is, general Gretchen, public. Gretchen's right about this part. Okay, then, talk, talk to me about this though. Talk to me. Like a diversion move, Simon. Jason and I have launched celebrity brands in other states. You're, you're totally you know, success. There's been success there because a price point and b there's quality product in in there, right? Whatever it is, if it's a vape pen, if it's a uh, eighth of flower, a pre roll joint, whatever it is, they'll fuck with it. And they'll keep fucking with it if you deliver something good and you're consistently delivering that same goodness to those people, right? It doesn't matter. Who but price is the determining factor for somebody that doesn't give a fuck whether it's you know Whoopi Goldberg's face. Well, on they, they they don't they don't know that they don't give a fuck someone yet because they, they, they don't have acclimated they don't have acclimated enough palate to to be able to decipher that yet. Jason, Jason, you know? not everyone could be eating filet mignons every day. Like I, know, I want to throw this out there because I was actually having a conversation with someone about this just the other day, and I was and I and I was and I was telling them I was like, you know what? Technically, it's all of our fault that the rest of America ha doesn't have an acclimated palate because California has been shipping off all of its trash weed to the rest of the country for years. Wow. And so that's Amen. all the rest of the country knows. Great see, point. Great see, point. You're all about pointing thumbs and not fingers, Jason. It's I'm just being, fault. keeping shit 100 in the streets. You know what I'm saying, Rico? Keeping it real in the field, baby. Yep. He's right. That, that all of the bottom of the barrel has been shipped all over the country from California for decades. Exactly. So the good, the what, what, exactly. What people's judgment on what good flour is nationally, now that these states that have been illegal for so long um, is is uh, flawed. And yep. one, 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 more, one more comment there. Uh, um, I will say um, about the whole Badu um, uh, thang thang sense and everything like that. Dudes will buy anything like one of our top selling products when i was uh, doing like celebrity when i was doing like celebrity cbd brands um i mean i can say this now because the statute of, uh, of our uh, nda is uh, lapsed and everything was a uh, the top uh, um she was the top performer on only fans and we were selling molds of her pussy straight up cbd molds. <laughs> i mean i mean i mean i mean, I mean wow. mike tyson sells no, molds of his ears like over thirty thousand. Wow. Just There's like some lonely dudes only out there, fans, There's some lonely yeah, only dudes fans out there. there buying this shit, and and no, it was not a mold of her shit. It was just a generic, like like CBD lollipop bullshit. So so it was a counterfeit um, mold. Crazy, crazy. So it was a counterfeit mold. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh huh. Then, like you crazy. took you took you took someone else's lips and put said they were someone else's <laughs> lips. A generic Damn. mold. <laughs> a generic mm -hmm. mold of them. And uh, um, this woman, she was the top. Uh, was a top ten producer on uh, uh, or performer on uh, only fans we sold like, like thirty thousand of these motherfuckers a month wow crazy wow. shit wow. dudes will buy anything dudes are terrible well and it's not just dudes rico i mean gwyneth paltrow has been selling out of her vagina candles forever and she's selling candles fucking candles 75 dollars always and badu pussy incense badu pussy incense were not just sold to men i promise you that i bought Pussy Who's selling uh, the Drake's new artist's uh, back shot, scratch and sniff back shot <laughs> stickers? <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Is there a thing? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep it. Let's keep Real it going. Thing.
Yeah. It's a family show. Like, we, 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 have, we have a commercial to run. Run that ad, Adam. When you want to grow some of the best weed in the world, then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sa H-O-P to see why our Terps don't lie. Oh, yeah. Now, yes. Now that we are, we good? Yeah, bro. Amazing. Are we, are we back into the family programming? <laughs> that uh, last conversation took a dive. All right. <laughs> if you ain't at Green Street wheeling and dealing, smoking on the best weed of the world, ain't no telling where you up next. Could be Detroit. The hustlers calling white goose. Down in Florida at Mar-a-Lago spray tan booth next to wannabe dictators, or maybe West Hollywood, the world capital of cannabis tourism, where the locals call him El Presidente. Today, you know where he is. Next to us at High at Nine News and come to the stage. You know who it is. The longest continuously operating retailer in the game. Jason Beck. Oh yeah, Rico. Good morning, everybody. Happy Taco Tuesday out there, just for the last segment. But nonetheless, to me, today. My story is a somber, gruesome story. So I hope anyone put your put your uh, ear protectors on because uh, shit's about to get real. Because a former Bay Area mayor and a cannabis entrepreneur are convicted of child sex crimes. That's right. A former Sebastopol mayor, Robert Jacob, was convicted of six felony crimes involving a sexual abuse of a child this month. Jacob, 45 years old, pleaded no contest to a half a dozen counts in Sonoma Superior Court on January 20th, capping a decade-long dissent for the one-time cannabis entrepreneur and local politician who was selected mayor by his colleagues back in 2013. The crimes Jacob plead guilty uh, to a cover of gamut of illegal behavior from uh, contacting the victim with the intent to commit a specific offense to arranging to meet the victim to offering or providing transportation to the victim to ultimately committing acts of sexual abuse against the victim who was under the age of 15. As a result of Jacob's plea, five other felony counts were dismissed. Sonoma County District Attorney's Office online records show uh, the Press Democrat reported that the victim, aged 16 by the time of the preliminary hearing last March, testified that he met Jacob on the app Grinder, And the two exchanged nude photos before Jacob escalated their relationship with knowledge that the victim was underage. The victim testified that Jacob gave him detailed instructions about what to do when he reached Jacob's home on at least two occasions and paid him $75 after each time. Jacob, who is, who is not being held in jail, is scheduled to return to court for sentencing on March 23rd, a little more than three years after his arrest by the Sebastopol Police Department. Jacob, founder of the medical marijuana dispensary Peace in Medicine, was elected to the Sebastopol City Council in November of 2012 and was selected mayor the next year. He served one term. He is 
he is not the only Sonoma County politician to face credible accusations of sexual abuse. Former Windsor Mayor Dominic Fapoli resigned from the town council in 2021 after a chronicle investigation that uncovered accusations of sexual assault and misconduct against at least 14 women. The California Attorney General's Office is reviewing the results of a criminal investigation opened by the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office after the Chronicle's reporting, while Fallopi is currently a defendant in a, in a civil lawsuit brought by seven of his alleged victims. And Windsor is about 10 miles north of Sebastopol, just for some geographical context. Um, me personally, I think this story is disgusting and I think that it is uh, atrocious that we have these types of people um, trying to placate within our cannabis community. And we need to expel these types of individuals out of um, out of our community. And we need to just get rid of this shit because touching kids is not cool and it should not be tolerated on any level whatsoever. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the high at nine news hour. What do y'all have to say about this? I agree. Wait, did I you say that that the person was brought to his house like an escort? What uh, it sounded to me more like an Uber, like he ordered an Uber for him, is from what 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 I pictured from how the story read. Mm. And uh, I mean, he I mean, he arranged he arranged. He said he arranged for transportation for the minor to come to his house. He I mean, paid, uh, paid him too, like every time, right? Yeah, well, pay, five seventy-five bucks. bucks, and that's pretty cheap. Bucks, yeah. yeah. He ain't oh. no, he, he that's ain't definitely no, exploitation, right there. He ain't no Four Seasons hoe. You know what I'm no, saying? No, definitely not a four, no seasons, four Seasons. Yeah, seasons, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to refrain from the jokes uh, on on this one, um, uh, but this is like the worst. This is the worst. The worst, man. Um, I hope this guy gets what get what's coming to him in prison, and. What the fuck is going on up there? You said it's the, the second politician, like within ten miles of each other, up there in, in the last few years. Well, well, one of them, one of them was was for women that were above age. This is the only one that is involving children. And then, and then, uh, and is could the parents or community members can they sue Grinder for letting this uh, for letting this fourteen year old on the fucking app? I think that's an interest, interesting, uh, interesting uh, case. Could could definitely be possibly. They met, um, yeah. They met on the fucking uh, on on Grinder. Then then, I don't see why they can't be um, at least partially to blame for here. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's probably some weird thing where they have their disclaimer, and if you like, yeah, probably, your age and stuff exactly. like that, then it's not on them; it's on you. But yeah, but the Grinder app is for sex; it's for hooking even, up. Yeah, but even bigger, even bigger than that is the support this guy got from his community to get him to yeah. the mayor position. That's the weirder part. Let's you know. Let's well, hold on. He also that. pulled a lot. Of, hold on. He also pulled a lot of political strings just to get that store open in Sebastopol originally before he was even when he was just on the board on the on the city council. Sure. So let's not get. Jason, which town are we talking about? Sebastopol. 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 It's a north. It's a Sonoma. Yeah. Sonoma. Sonoma. County. Yeah. It's like right there near somewhere. Yeah, this, this, yeah, this story is, it's, it's a gross, it's a gross oh, story. No. It's a gross story. I told you guys, I gave you guys a warning ahead of time. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, but it, it'll be it'll be interesting, like because if 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 Grinder can't be a, a, at fall here, like like what the fuck is up with his parents, man? Like, uh, you gotta make sure you're fucking watching your kids and taking care of your kids. Like, if you got picked up in in an Uber or whatever, taking however many miles away to see some. some how, uh, how, how about how is it okay that people think that it's okay to touch minors and to, and to involve kids in sexual relations? That is the biggest crazy thing that goes over my head. Yeah, I just don't understand right. that at all. How people could even think that that's even possibly cool. Well, culturally, I Jason, 
yeah. culturally, it's, their children, their exactly. women, their girls all over the yeah. world that are married off to grown ass men um, and, and for the sake of saving their families. And, and in, in, so, California, in California, I believe. Uh, I think all of that shit is disgusting. I, Just I so ask, you know, I, Nicole. I'm, I'm going to text my wife right now. She's upstairs. <laughs> but um, yeah, she actually deals with like a lot of this. Uh, dealing with our mental health in uh, in the school system, but I believe in in California, with the parents' permission, you can consent at 14 years old. What? Let me tell you something. Any parent that allows that, that al allows the, that type of consent should probably be investigated by CPS. Mm, man, straight that, up, that gives me. I'm Agreed. queasy now. I'm queasy. Straight Agreed. up. If, yeah. if yeah. investigate them all, if, if parents that yeah, smoke like, weed are being investigated, these sick yeah. pedophiliacs. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, let's yeah. Just, yeah, let's, let's keep it going here. Yeah, we got to keep it. Give that a platform. Yeah, I feel you guys. I feel you guys. But we like I said, we do got to get this shit out of our community. This is not this is not cool and this is not what cannabis is about at all whatsoever. And and with that, we're going to keep it rolling because she is a political strategist by day and a baker by night a true female multitasker who can not only bake up a storm but also knows how to grill the sausage on capitol hill she's the founder of panoptic strategies and our very own washington insider taking off the apron and throwing it on her dogs because she loves to play dress up with them is none other than the gretchen gailey Thank you, thank you. Uh, today, I wanted to point out one anniversary, which you missed, uh, Jason, in your intro. Uh, it is the 50th Sorry. anniversary of Schoolhouse Rocks. So you oh, taught cool. us all how to make a bill on Capitol Hill. So. I'm so sorry I missed that. Three How'd you miss that? Number. Three is Washington Post didn't miss it. They got a nice big old spread about it. It's very nice. My headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. California officials take key step towards interstate marijuana commerce, requesting legal opinion on federal risk. California officials are seeking a formal opinion from the state attorney general's office on whether allowing interstate marijuana commerce would put the state at significant risk of federal enforcement action. The request for guidance from the Department of Cannabis Control is a key step that could eventually trigger a law that Governor Gavin Newsom signed last year, empowering him to enter into agreements with other legal states to import and export marijuana products. Part of that legislation stipulates that no such agreements can be made until either federal law changes. Federal guidance is put into place allowing the Commerce or the State Attorney General affirms that there wouldn't be a sizable risk in doing so. DCC General Counsel Matthew Lee and DCC Director Nicole Elliott sent the letter to California Attorney General Rob Bonta's office on Friday, as Politico reported. It contains an eight-page analysis in which the department lays out reasons it believes the state would likely avoid federal legal issues by clearing the way for cannabis commerce across state borders. Here's the opinion uh, that the officials are seeking. Whether state law authorization under an agreement pursuant to Chapter 25 of Division 10 of the Business and Professions Code for medicinal or adult use commercial cannabis activity or both between out-of-state licensees and California licensees will result in significant legal risk to the state of California under the Federal Controlled Substances Act. The letter explains that the anti-commandeering rule in the U.S. Constitution makes clear that Congress cannot direct a state to legislate one way or another, regardless of federal policy. This protects California from liability under federal law for choosing to legalize and regulate commercial cannabis activity 
as a matter of its own state laws. This remains true, whereas here the activity to be authorized under state law involves interstate commerce, such as commerce between in and out-of-state cannabis licensees. The anti-commandeering rule does not rise or fall based on the strength of any underlying federal interest. The officials emphasize that they're not disputing the idea that the Congress can directly legislate and enact federal laws prohibiting people for conducting marijuana-related activity, whether that simple possession or shipping marijuana across state lines as part of an interstate commerce agreement. The question is whether allowing interstate commerce to proceed under California law would put the state itself at significant risk, aside from the implications for private individuals and businesses participating in such activity. DCC further maintained in its letter that the Federal Controlled Substance Act provides explicitly immunity for states and officials that enforce laws and municipal rules for controlled substances. This provision is broad and unqualified. On its face, it would seem to encompass all state laws relating to federal controlled substances, including state laws legalizing and regulating those controlled substances as a matter of state law. And courts have confirmed this straightforward reading. The third part of the official's argument concerns a long-standing congressional appropriations rider that generally prevents the Justice Department from using its funds to interfere in the implementation of state medical cannabis programs. This protection extends even to private parties using distributing, possessing, or cultivating medicinal cannabis in compliance with state law. Though courts disagree as to how strictly private parties must comply with state law to avail themselves of that protection. It is undisputed that at its core, the rider prevents the U.S. Department of Justice from taking legal action against the state. Thus, the rohrbacher farr Blumenauer Amendment further insulates the state of California from significant legal risk as to agreements concerning medicinal cannabis. We do not rely on the existence of the rohrbacher farr Blumenauer Amendment as dispositive. In our view, an agreement under SB 1326 would not result in significant legal risk to the state under the Controlled Substance Act, even if the amendment did not exist for reasons we have already explained. Nevertheless, the existence of the rohrbacher farr Blumenauer Amendment further insulates the state from any hypothetical legal risk to agreements involving medicinal cannabis and thus further supports the conclusion that such an agreement presents no significant risk to the state. I think this is an interesting move by the DCC. I am no lawyer and cannot, once again, as we all say, I do not offer a real opinion on this. However, I say go for it, California. I would love to see the feds try and come after you. I would love to see uh, the Supreme Court have to get involved in this argument. I think it's an interesting argument they put forth. I don't know what other states they're going to get to play ball with them, though. Because um, I would assume the other state is going to have some risk on their end. But it is interesting, and I'm sure uh, Saman can get into what significant risk is. And significant risk, I'm sure, is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, this is Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News. So, so Gretchen, in regards to this, um, I, I found it very, very interesting that the state is only worried about what happens to them. And the reality of it is the Justice Department isn't going to come after the state for allowing them to do this. The Justice Department and the DEA are going to come after companies that engage in the transport of a Schedule One drug across state lines. Because in Rohrbacher, Blumen or Rohrbacher Farr, Blumenhauer, McClintock, there is a provision of what DEA can extrapolate federal funds for and there's eight different provisions in there and one of those happens to be transporting cannabis across a state line 
I, I hear what you're saying, Jason, but the state, I frankly can't care about the other businesses and folks that are- A state better care about the businesses because they they're the one that's care. paying the taxes for, for their department. No, no, Bingo. no. The state has Bingo. to care about themselves when they are looking at the significant legal risks. They can't go out there and tell a business, oh, you can get away with this. And Hold then on. Have the Hold on. There's another. There's another. Crazy? There's there, there's a, there's a whole other problem. There's a whole other problem that no one's even brought up. And let's just say, let's just say, for the the whimsical people out there that are dreamers out there that think that the state that the that the attorney general is going to come back with a positive ruling and say, okay, yes, you can travel with it across state lines. You can sell weed to another state. Okay, well, then now comes into a, even a bigger question of testing requirements, because you can have a vape cart that tests clean in Oregon, but not test clean in California. And so now because there's no no standardization of testing, you can even have interstate commerce if you wanted to. Jason, I never That's said that this was a brilliant idea. This is a I stupid said, idea and a waste of our taxpayer dollars. This is uh, bullshit. And all it's doing is giving people a false sense of security because what they're hoping for is one of these whimsical opinion pieces that is not based off legal uh, anything. It's just based off people's emotion of then the fact that them wanting to be able to be progressive and do it and is going to get people caught up and in jail and facing major legal fines and jail time. Yeah, Jason, I mean, that's a good point. Surprised by by your fervor here, because uh, you lack it everywhere yeah, else, frankly. Angry, yeah, got angry Jason today. You know, and Gretchen, and Gretchen, all they're, asking for, all they're asking for is an opinion. Let's see. I understand what that, and opinions are like assholes. With. Everybody has one. Has one. Yes. Agreed. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Jason on this one. Um, I think it's it's a pipe dream to think that we're going to have interstate commerce, like California weed is going to be shipped to New York anytime soon. Um, legally, legally. Said, Justin Benson <laughs> says it's going to be at least 10 years. And I agree. I mean, we're nowhere close to that. Um, the, the standardized uh, testing, all of it, it's just, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. And they're, they are um, on a, you know, it's a pipe dream. I, I don't, I don't not know. Only, not only that, the and, state the state is putting themselves up to be the pariah in this situation because they're promulgating this this situation for business owners in California to help with this glut of supply that we have here. So it's not I, like the, the state is like white knighting this shit. They're like, hey, we need that paper. And Jason's absolutely right. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna follow lockstep with these providers that are that are you know paying the most in taxes in the state of California right now. There's no other industry that's being heavily as, or as heavily taxed as cannabis. And some of these bigger guys are putting a lot of pressure there. And so, you know, they're exactly what Jason said. These, you know, these wannabe progressives that want to act progressive are going exactly. to try to stand up for that. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of hot air, just like everything else from politics. It's a lot, it's a lot of wasted, wasted taxpayer dollar. And these people will be doing way better stuff with their, 100%. with their time in office than doing this. And I agree with, with, with what Benson says. He says, if there was some gray area here, Jason would have figured it out and be doing it already. A hundred percent. Benson. Totally right about that. Bro. Totally right about that. There is no, there is no way around that one other than to de-schedule cannabis and i'll tell you what gretchen um yes. i i currently have a bet on this and our bet is that is is on interstate trade happening before the end of the year i have a dinner bet with uh the second in command over at glass house which is the largest cultivation in california graham oh, ferrar you're gonna welcome on. on that one too no, so, I'm not. No, no, it's it's a it's a dinner bet. It's a dinner bet. And my buddy, and my buddy Bryce and my buddy Bryce Berrios out of Santa Cruz also has that same bet. And so we have agreed 
that when we do win, that we are each going to take each other as guests. So then that way, Graham has to buy us both two dinners. I, I believe if California moves forward with this, if the state's attorney comes back and says, all right, go for it, whatever. I do believe 100% that there will be some sacrificial lamb company who is yep. willing to go out there. there will. And give there will be. You're right. You're right. And then they are going to be the and savior they're, they're, of they're the California the... cannabis industry. No, they're when not. When they take this to wow. court and they end up on the steps of the Supreme they're, Court. No, they're with not. My they're going to lose. From House of Rock. They're going to lose. They will, they will <laughs> lose in the Supreme Court. They will lose in the Supreme <laughs> Court on this argument. They'll lose just like just like when Jeff Jones went before the Supreme Court trying to claim medical necessity. They're going to lose on their face on any type of merits that they could I'm even saying, possibly come up with. You got to push the envelope, Jason Beck, and I'm surprised I'm, you're I'm sitting for pushing the envelope. there in West Hollywood Ooh. not willing to take a risk. I'm all for pushing the envelope, but I understand... I understand probability, causation, and justification, and and this is just all bad, 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 bad. I thought you had a bigger and, and, and I'm the person. I'm the wrong. person. I was wrong. Ugh. I'm the person that wants interstate trade more than anybody heart, Jason Beck. in Broke California. I'm crying. You know what? This is bad. Tears. This is bad policy, and people trying to placate on people's dreams with just antiquated BS. Jason said, "All because smoke, he, no fire." Exactly. We'll I'm, I'm crushed, Jason Beck. Crushed. I just want to. I want to offer a correction. Jason Beck is coming live from Mar-a-Lago, not West Hollywood. We need oh. our viewers to know that. <laughs> West Mar-a-Lago. West Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. West Mar-a-Lago. West. That's cute. That's cute. Thank you guys all. Gresham, thank you so much for covering the story today. I know this, this was a hot, crazy. hot button contention. Uh, there was a lot of, lot, a lot of battles in a lot of. Uh, rooms and whatnot in the on the internet world amongst the cannabis community so thank you for covering this today gretchen flying into lax and you want to taste some of the best weed in the world then stop by laxcc the closest dispensary to lax located 8332 lincoln boulevard and open from 8 a.m to 10 p.m seven days a week Always make LAXCC your first stop when you touch down in LA and score like a winner. And don't forget to tell them I sent you and mention you like to get high at nine for 10% off your full order. The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown to high and nine news are those of the individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or any authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you're an easily offended person, this show is probably not for you. And also, maybe you should be the first person to try bringing weed across state lines once these governments tell, th think that they can tell you that you can when you can't.
All right. So up next. <laughs> I need more of this uh this spicy ass Jason Beck here. <laughs> All right. We we got Nicole, bro. We gotta get to Nicole. We need more. Nicole has a really good story. Yes, let's do it. Up next. Our next correspondent does it all. She's a patient plant medicine advocate, founder of Purple Plant Magic. And on Wednesday mornings, you can catch her on Power 88 Las Vegas as the Encyclopedia. And she has been a lifelong outspoken supporter and prominent member of National Purple Lives Matter initiatives and even runs the Clark, uh, the Clark County, Nevada chapter. Up next is the <laughs> West Regional Director for Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Nicole Buffon. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rico. Um, my story is out of Japan today. Um, and what is interesting is this story was posted last week. Uh, we've heard some rumors about cannabis, uh, medical cannabis being legalized in Japan since last year, the end of last year. And so it says the government is poised to allow the use of medical marijuana to treat patients with intractable diseases, according to the outline of bills revealed on Tuesday. This is last Tuesday. Um, the government is considering submitting the bills, including one to revise the cannabis control law during the current diet session. Um, in the proposed revision would also criminalize the use of marijuana. I don't know if that was a typo. I'm hoping that the proposed revision would decriminalize the use of marijuana. Um, and that was just a typo. In countries, including the United States and Britain, medicine made from cannabis plants is used to treat patients with intractable epilepsy and other diseases for which existing drugs are ineffective. Cannabis plants contain a substance that has an intoxicating effect. Yes, we know this, which is one of the reasons why the use of marijuana in medicine is prohibited in Japan. So none of your medicines can have an intoxicating effect. I mean, opioids have an intoxicating effect. Last time I checked, uh, the proposed provision would enable such patients to use drugs made from cannabis plants. Great. On the use of marijuana, there are no penalties for using it because farmers who cultivate cannabis with permission uh, might intake substances from the plant during harvesting. Very true. Uh, marijuana has been dubbed a gateway drug as it is said to lead to other forms. Yeah, a, a bit of propaganda there. Uh, but this is an, also an interesting article. I looked up to see what is, um, it says at present, consumer understanding is limited with most people likely to conflict CBD with illegal cannabis. Japan has a strict social opinion of zero tolerance to cannabis and illicit cannabis use among adults is low. Around 0.2% of the Japanese population, 15 to 64 years old, is thought to consume cannabis illegally at least once a year in frequency. Um, this is far lower than Western nations, which are at least 10%. Cannabis became a prohibited substance in Japan following the adoption of the Cannabis Control Act in 1948, and there have been no major changes to this legislation. However, cannabis regulation reviews in other countries have contributed to momentum for regulatory changes in Japan. In 2021, um, their uh, um, regulatory body established an expert committee to review the Cannabis Control Act and its expected revisions will be proposed in a bill submitted in 2023. And that's what this article is about. Um, there, it goes on to talk about, you know, CBD imports in Japan right now. Like they can't, the, the CBD imports and what is allowed to be sold in Japan has to have zero THC in it, not 0.3. Um, and so that makes it hard because most other countries that have legalized CBD and are manufacturing it, they have at least 0.3% THC in it. So it's interesting to see what is happening in Japan. We will watch this very carefully. I'm Nicole Bafong reporting for Hyatt 9 News. Love to hear what my correspondents think about this. Is a complete I mean, personally, I just don't know how I don't know how that society is going to really survive if they don't legalize cannabis. I mean, like Japan has one of the craziest um, like like rates of 
just like, I mean, heart attacks and just overwork in the world. I mean, people are literally dropping dead at their, at their job because they're overworking themselves. I mean, they need to chill a little bit, but uh, you know, it's just the society, how it works. I have some Japanese friends and um, you know, they were in, they were in America and Colorado back in the day and, you know, we'd smoke weed and then they returned back and, and they were just like, no, like it's impossible. There's no way we're going to be able to smoke cannabis ever. So hopefully, hopefully that's a good sign that there's, you know, discussions about it, but obviously we know, uh, medicinally speaking only, not even just recreational, there's so many health benefits and there's so many, you know, just, just phytonutrients in this plant just for general you know, health and wellness. So um, as a Eastern, you know, country, I mean, that's the basis of their whole foundation of medicine. It's herbs, it's natural healing, it's taking care of yourself. So, I mean, you know, hopefully, hopefully something changes because my buddies just went skiing in Hokkaido and it was fire. So smoking a little J and going doing some turns in Hokkaido would be, would be a good, a great experience. I think, I think they probably saw the tourism dollars being brought in all around them this is a total complete 180 from them saying that they're not going to change their policy at all anytime soon last year i don't know if um the um, assassination of the former president shinzo abe had anything to do with them um, being more progressive in this lane or not but um it'll be interesting to see the development of this uh from japan i mean japan definitely needs to do something i mean they have they have one of the most insane uh pricing on, on on trap market that that I've seen in any country, I mean I, I've I, I've seen people get over uh, uh, over three hundred and fifty dollars for one gram of wax. Wow! Well, I, would, Japan. I would have to say if there's a trap market, then these numbers of less there's than a huge index, huge well, trap like that, market that out that there. Has to be inaccurate, then huge. yeah. But the penalties, the penalties are super, super stiff. And so it's like very right. on Nobody's the hush, hush. Like, yeah, yeah, it's very, is. yeah, it's very, very hush, hush out there. Yeah. Japan has a thriving underground, underground market Japan. for everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you guys think that like all this stuff going on in Southeast Asia is going to impact that though? You think that the, the rise in cannabis use and, you know, places like Thailand, the cultivation of it is going to, is going to spread to other countries. Cause you know, like Singapore, Japanese. all those downstream but like you know there, there's a lot to get over there's a huge hump to get over yeah. um, just culturally you know and uh you know i'm i'm interested to see how it all plays out i think it's great um but yeah i mean uh, 350 dollars for wax jason i should have moved to japan forever ago what, what was i doing bro and that's and that's like not even like amazing wax it's like you know what i mean like it's like the, it could be the, like it could be it could be old stuff it's the doo-doo butter yeah, it's not it's not the best. It's definitely not Dang. the best. But man, I can't believe story. the prices that they that they get out there. And I hope Japan, like I trust me, I want to be able to go to Japan and go and check out some Japanese tree. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some bonsai <laughs> snipping, some bonsai <laughs> snippings, and you know what I'm saying? Have some have some quality sushi out there while I'm smoking a joint. Now, and and, and they have a really really big issue with alcoholism out there. So hopefully. Mm -hmm. You know, the shift to more uh, cannabis-based products will, will help them with uh, mm -hmm. a lot of their alcohol issues that they fall, um, um, they've succumbed to over the last uh, few decades. Mm, interesting. Great very, point. very true. Great story. Great story, Nicole. Now, yes. We'll be watching it. This is Yeah, that's right. We got to keep an eye on Japan. But right now, Adam, you got to run that ad.
Oh, yeah. Coming up next. That's right. It's Saman Razani. It's the man that makes the BHO that all the rosin boys think is rosin. Not only that, he's a he's a master at at formulations, site designs, building out your grow. And the more you know, the more you'll show. That's right. Because when he when he when he formulates these products, he's most known for helping women going through menopause say hello again. That's right. It is Saman Rizani. Oh, my people. Thank you very much. I'm back from vacation with a great story. This kind of uh, actually, you know, this probably should have went right after Gretchen's because, you know, this is uh, this is probably going to be the catalyst for maybe some interstate commerce exchange. Uh, so uh, from our friends at Marijuana Moment, Kyle Yeager writes, <clears throat> GOP congressman files marijuana rescheduling bill amid ongoing Biden administration review. A GOP congressman has refiled a bill to move marijuana from Schedule 1 to less restrictive Schedule 3 under federal law. Rep. Greg Stube, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, a rep, uh, Republican from Stubby, Florida. Stubby, Stubby. Stubby, thank you, thank you, Jason. Uh, Republican from Florida introduced the proposal on Friday. This is the third session in a row that he's pushed for the modest reform. Modest, my ass. Titled the Marijuana 1-3 to Three Act, in short. The two-page bill states the Attorney General of the United States shall by order uh, by order, no, not later than 60 days after the date of enactment of the section transfer marijuana from Schedule 1 of such act to Schedule 3 of such act. Advocates are strongly pushing for removing cannabis from the Consul Controlled, Substances, <laughs> Controlled Substances Act, the CSA, altogether. But the congressman has urged that rescheduling could be an interim move to promote research into the plant and its components. And we all know that's a lie. As marijuana is legalized for medical and recreational use across the United States, it is important that we study the effects of the substance and the potential impacts it can have on various populations, he said in 2019. By rescheduling marijuana from a Schedule One controlled substance to Schedule Three controlled substance, the opportunities for such research and study are drastically expanded. President Joe Biden has voiced support for both rescheduling the marijuana research. He, all, he, he has also signed a marijuana research bill into law last month, making history by enacting the first piece of standalone federal cannabis reform re legislation in U.S. history. Biden issued a mass marijuana pardon late last year as well. He has also directed the, um, excuse me, the administration uh, administrative review into cannabis rescheduling under the CSA. Agencies are in the process of carrying out scientific review into marijuana to determine if it's appropriately scheduled. While moving marijuana to Schedule 3 under Stubby's new bill would, would end federal prohibition, it would still have a number of effects. It would, for example protect federal employees who use marijuana from a, from a Reagan-era executive order that defines illegal drugs as Schedule 1 or Schedule 2 substances, and only drugs under Schedule 1 and 2 are affected by the tax provision known as 280E that blocks cannabis companies from deducting businesses, business expenses from their taxes. Reclassification would also make scientific research easier, since cannabis's current Schedule 1 status creates additional hurdles for, for studies. Moving cannabis out of Schedule 1 would additionally end threats from the U.S. Postal Service that publishers have faced over the mailing of news 
of newspapers containing marijuana advertisements. Since the federal statute, the agency has cited to justify its actions, uh, to justify its actions applies only to Schedule One substances. But modest rescheduling alone would not remove federal criminal penalties. Advocates have also expressed concern that the move, that the, that any move un, other than a complete removal from the CSA could create additional regulatory roadblocks for cannabis businesses that are oper, operating in compliance with state laws. The Republican majority in the 118th Congress is working to make our government accountable to the people, Stubbe said in a press release in which he announced the cannabis bill and several other unrelated proposals to ban research using dogs, block professional sports organizations from claiming nonprofit status and tax breaks, and stripping Disney of certain copyright protections, among others. Meanwhile, Stubbe has also filed separate legalization, legaliz uh, sorry, legislation for the current session that that meant to protect military veterans from losing government benefits for using medical marijuana in compliance with state law. It would further co codify that US, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, the VA, doctors are allowed to discuss the potential risks and benefits of marijuana with their patients. Rep. Alex Mooney, Republican from West Virginia, and two other GOP co-sponsors filed the first piece of cannabis legislation for the 118th Congress. It's designed to allow medical cannabis patients to purchase and possess firearms and cannabis at the same time. Um, and that is the story. There's a clip of the actual bill here, if uh, we have, can throw that up. Um, so it's it's it, this is very interesting. I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm, I'm not a proponent for rescheduling because what we know is that eliminates a lot of the mom and pop players from this game. The burden of entry is super high. The expectation of capital is super high. And we all know how that's going right now. So, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's, if you, if, if they're thinking this is an interim play to just bring a rescheduling event for cannabis, it will never change. Once research happens and once it gets into the hands of big pharma, perhaps, which it already kind of is, then we're really going to see a change in the tide. And it kind of eliminates, you know, this as a potential industry or business opportunity for minorities, for anybody that's not you know, sitting at the table or a part of the club with those guys. So, you know, Scooby, I appreciate you, you know, but, you know, decriminalize uh, or deschedule, I'm sorry, rather than reschedule. That's the only way forward, only path forward. Uh, agreed, Simon. Simon, question. In this bill, is there a uh, federal excise tax that is outlined as far as a number in this bill? Um, you know, I didn't read that. I, I need to do a little more research, but I think that they did. I think that was discussed, actually. And I think that's, you know, even I think that that was part of the kind of uh, the weird situation coming from a Republican, you know, to actually add a, a new tax to this and, and to to let it go. But um, I'll, you know, we'll have well, to you have to you have to you have to have some type of excise tax if you expect to get rid of 280E, because any bill that eliminates 280E, um, the CBO would would it would not get a good score if there is no type of financial replacement for the money that the government currently gets off 280E. So what you're saying, That's Jason, is point. the Republicans really are not about reducing taxes unless it benefits them. No, I'm not saying that at all. You're putting words in my mouth. Gretchen, what do you think about this? I think uh, Stubby may be a little misguided in what he's attempting to do here. I think I, I would hope his heart's in the right place. Light up the Yeah. Got to yeah. get us where we need to be. I don't think, I think 
Stevie, I don't know, when he fell off that ladder, hit his head a little too hard. Well, no, I do, I do, li I do like to see that, that there is some progression happening where people are evolving on cannabis, although right, it's a slow you evolve. Lose your mind when Biden suggested moving it to Schedule 3. 100%. But Biden knows better, okay? And Biden is, is controlled by the Democrats, which all know that we have to deschedule. Like, that's not a talking you're point. Cool with, you're cool with Stubie moving it to three? Because no, I'm not. I'm better? not. No, 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 no. I'm not cool with this bill at all. What I'm saying is that I'm happy to see the evolution of Stubie and that I know that with more conversations, he can get to be a descheduling uh, member of Congress. Yeah, but this is what's happening, right? It's This is always what happens behind closed doors. Why so no one trusts politicians in general is when it gets to that point where they want to reschedule you know they're talking to the biggest companies their lobbyists and gretchen you can attest to this they're only this talking to the pharmaceutical that. industry someone they're not talking to cannabis companies who, do, don't, you, who do you think get people don't get people don't get people confused they're only talking on, to jason, pharmaceutical hold on, companies about hold on, jason that. Many, wait wow okay hold on i want to hear what gretchen has to say but the pharmaceutical industry is already intertwined with mso companies and public publicly traded cannabis companies. So that's kind of untrue, Jason. They are talking to those same people. That's who's there filling their pockets or contributions or taking them to dinner or you cannabis know, does not out. put enough money in there to play with to play with not them. yet. Not yet. But when when Stubi, when you see these Republicans, when you see all these senators coming out or congressmen coming out in support of it, you know that money's flying around. How many people have sponsored this bill? Uh two more Republicans, one from West Virginia. Two, so so us three, four members on here. Three is a yeah, well, kind of like how many know. have uh, sponsored your girl Nancy Mace's bill, and it's been sitting around forever. Don't so. worry about Dang, that. There's gonna, shots fired. There's shots gonna, fired. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about pharma because, frankly, pharma is gonna play wherever it wants. So if it goes one way or another, pharma doesn't hate. Pharma's gonna get in and make their money. So to be, oh, this is all about big pharma. Who cares? Shut up. They're going to do what they what want. What do you mean? And step Gretchen, on your neck anyway. Pharma's coming. Nothing that now. we do is going to stop them from coming. Not, Not happening. Coming. It's happening. I mean, I think we need to give pharma a big case of the blue balls right now. I'm just saying right now. They, they, got, they, got, they got pills for that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> final word, uh, final, final word, Gretchen, what you got for us? I, I don't see this going anywhere. But yay, Stubie, for trying, as Jason would say, and suck it for Stubie trying. I mean, I just wonder how many. I wonder how many stoners are gonna are gonna start saying that they're smoking Stubies instead of smoking Doobies. If it passes, they'll say that. No, they won't. No, they won't. They won't have weed to smoke except for the except for trap market because it'll be Schedule Three. Stubie brothers. Yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean Kernan, are you with us, Sean? I think he's going. I, I just the, see the black box. I think he's going. Um, I think he missed the Instagram wave for two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> are you with us, Sean? Hey, Sean. Yeah, Sean. Sean. Colin Kiernan. Sean, oh, hello. Yo. What was interesting? Elephant fighting each other. I like that. Uh, get him. Talking about Sean. <laughs> There was a there was a segment that talked about how the the VA doctors, <clears throat> if you know if it's rescheduled, then they can talk to their patients about the benefits. Hey guys, that's uh, I mean, yeah, crazy. Hey, 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 someone, uh, uh, Sean's here. Let me let me introduce Sean. Him. Sean, are, can can you speak, Sean? Can we hear you? Blink once. Yeah. <laughs> Come off of mute. 
Sean, hit your mute button. We can see you in the chat. We can't see you. Yeah. Your physical form. He's gone pure energy. <laughs> Not on you. Well, Sean, we, we don't we don't hear you, Sean. So you need to figure something out, bro, because you've done this before. So we know you can do it. <laughs> we believe in you. Next time. Yeah. Next time, Sean. Well, Sean. Sean, well, Sean, Sean. Well, Sean. Today was a well, great Sean. show, y'all. Yeah, I yeah, don't know well, what is going on, Sean. Yeah. Oh, well, it but, is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is the, uh, the the top of the hour. What you wanna um you want to give him a second? You wanna just go and run? Do you see him, Sean? Are you with us, Sean? Sean, going once, going twice. He's gone. Yeah, Rico, play the womp 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 womp. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, man. Thank you all for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank yous to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our haters for always talking and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of properties rent free inside of your head. Huge thank you to our sponsors, True Classic, iSpire, Wizard Trees, DNA Genetics, LAXCC for always helping us with keeping everything rolling. Thank you to our correspondents for being absolutely amazing. And thank you to you, Cannabis, because without you, we wouldn't be doing this. Thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, been rocking it, and Zaza Simone Brown holding us down in Clubhouse on the regular. Thank you all for coming and creating this safe space within the Cannabis universe. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show. Turn out for Jesus.